Hey there. When this show started, one of the big questions was, geez, what's my family going to do for health insurance? And you can hear some of how that played out in episodes from our first season. And the great news was we were able to get a plan that covered the docs we actually see. Not so great. It was more than our rent, like hundreds of dollars more, which we have a good deal on rent, but still. And then this fall, we got a spreadsheet from our insurance broker, Kurt. That premium would be going up by about 200 bucks come January 1st. Or there were some lower cost options we could look at. We've been wrestling with it, and we're not the only ones. The deadline for buying insurance on the Obamacare exchange is coming up, and a lot of workplaces have open enrollment right now, too. So this show wasn't due to put out its next episode till next week, but we figured an inside look at our deliberations could maybe be useful to a lot of folks right now, especially because I get to call up an expert and debrief. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about the cost of healthcare. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter, and I like a challenge. So my job is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing issues in American life and bring you something entertaining, empowering, and useful. And what's more entertaining than listening to an actual married couple talking about money? I mean, it's not real housewives or Jersey Shore, but yeah. my wife, Devorah, took the lead here. We made an appointment with our broker and then sat down together before the call. This plan may be less desirable, but it saves us $8,400 a year in premium to this plan. So I just wanted to look at it. She shows me a spreadsheet from our broker that seems to be written in code. And I've been making this show a couple of years. I've learned some stuff. But, For example, like she's uh, I think the 40 versus 60, what that, what, what's the slash mean? We talk through what we can. Let's ask her about it. Let's just ask her about it. Okay, okay well, I'm, ready, I'm ready to call him. Yeah, okay. I have a big picture question for him. All right, good to see you. This is Kurt. Hi. Hey, Kurt. It's Dan and Devorah. Devorah and Dan. How are you? Good, good. How are you? He answers one of our first questions, like, why is this going up? Aren't insurance companies making huge profits this year? Plus, news stories seem to say rates are holding steady. And Kurt says news stories tend to focus on policies for individuals. We buy a small group plan through divorce business. And Kurt says Blue Cross is hiking those rates an average of 5% this year where we live. And we're all a year older. Also, there's averages. And then there's the specific plan you are looking at. How they sit and come up with these rates, I don't know. It is frustrating beyond belief, yeah. especially with the crap year that it's been. Mm-hmm. Now, one good thing that Blue Cross did is they gave everyone a 15% discount on their November billing statements. Yeah, I've heard about this too. They're actually trying to limit how much profit they take this year because there's a provision in the Affordable Care Act that says if they make too much money in a given year, they have to give rebates. Okay, and then we get into the nitty gritty. Kurt explains what the slashes mean. I'm not going to get into it here because it sounds kind of like this. The deductibles and the max out of pockets cross-accumulate on this plan. What are called per-occurrence deductibles. And it goes to the co-insurance of 80. But there are basically three big differences between the plan we've got and the one that's like 8000 a year less. For one thing, the plan with the lower premium puts some local providers, including our current primary care docs, into what it calls a second tier. We'd have to pay extra to see them or get new docs. For another, it's got a higher deductible. That's the amount we have to shell out for medical care before our insurance kicks in at all. But the biggest deal is what's called the out-of-pocket max. That is a cap on what we might have to spend over the full year. And beyond that, the insurance is supposed to cover 100% of everything. And the plan we've got, that cap is under $4,000 for our whole family. The less expensive plan, that cap is 17000 So that's like... $13,000 we'd be risking. And I tell DeVore and Kurt that to me, this year, that sounds like a lot of risk. I always advise people, 
you know, look at what happens to you and what you could tolerate in terms of risk in a year where you worry about getting hit by a bus. And honestly, like COVID is a giant bus. Every time you literally cross the street, there's a lot of buses with drivers who are high out of their minds. So, yep. um, <laughs> so you just got to so like keep that in mind when thinking about your I agree with you. Risk. But when I think about, you know, say we do take our spend to 1500 a month instead of, you know, almost 22. Yeah. I also think about like what we can do with that money and like investing it. And then we also become more financially stable in other ways. Well, right. I would say in a non-COVID year, I would be totally, totally down for that. Yeah. It's just so hard to like factor in everything. I mean, Kurt chimes in to say you could just stick with the more expensive plan for this year and then switch to the cheaper one next year. When hopefully this nightmare that we're in goes away and now you can take the other savings and hopefully we don't have all the high bus drivers driving around anymore at that point and, and your risk is a lot less. I can't quite make, like, I, I see the difference, but I just can't quite, like, do the math to figure out which of those is better. Honestly, like, all of these plans are actually financially equivalent. Blue Cross, with their army of actuaries and armies of accountants, they have exactly calibrated it so that they predict that they'll make the exact same, like, margin on every single one of these plans. So are spread you saying out the house always wins? Yes. The house always wins in the aggregate. Some people walk in, put a token in the slot machine, hit the jackpot, and walk out. I mean, and the house didn't win in that case. This year we've paid, you know, $26,000 to, to, for Blue Cross to cover almost no medical care. Yes, right, which is great. Which so is they great. got a lot of free money from us for well, nothing. Y- y- well, you know what? I am really happy about that because we um, that means that we didn't get sick. We, we want, also didn't do all the preventative stuff that we would usually do and all the screenings we would you know, usually I know. do because we wanted this to stay is, out of the hospital. This is, this is not a product that we're buying. And I think this is a big thing that all, that all of us struggle with. Mostly we think about like, I'm paying this money. What am I getting for? What thing am I getting? I bought the gym membership, but I didn't go. I lost that money. That's true. In the case of health insurance, it's not true. In the case of health insurance, what you're paying them for is not for your medical care. What you're paying for is to insure you against bankruptcy. And that is yes. that. I mean, we gave them so much money this year, though. <laughs> I know. Well, it's you know, it's it's because it's because we have. I mean, in my view, such a screwed up system. Okay, okay, okay. We should we should let Kurt get on. Yes, with that's his true. Day. Kurt, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Kurt, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you likewise. Too. Be safe. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Okay. Good talk. Good talk. High five. All right. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. How much of that was? real like I, I don't want to pay this much and half of it was like i'm giving you material so you can explain stuff that was all fucking real are you kidding <laughs> uh, we pay in rent and now it's going to be like two like a third more than we pay in rent yeah it's, it's pretty wild we do have really good rent though i'm actually leaning toward the cheaper plan but let's we'll talk i love you i love you i gotta talk to help right away now. okay bye we're totally gonna fight if she wants that plan Okay, that was the conversation at home. And then I wanted an expert opinion. So I got one. And things got interesting. That's in just a minute. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is a co-production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service covering healthcare in America. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with the big healthcare outfit, Kaiser Permanente. We'll have a little more information about Kaiser Health News at the end of this episode. 
Late last summer, I talked with Karen Pollitz. She's an expert on health insurance at the Kaiser Family Foundation. And yeah, that is the outfit that our pals at Kaiser Health News are part of. The rest of the foundation is basically a think tank about healthcare. Their whole enterprise outside of running a newsroom is to have a staff of nonpartisan experts that people like reporters can call, reporters like me and experts like Karen. So I emailed her and she was like, hey, send me that spreadsheet and maybe see what you can get on healthcare.gov. So I did. And basically the first thing she said was, given everything she sees, it's not like the deal we were looking at was that bad. Trust me, I know that's a lot of money, but for a family policy, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, but for a family policy, I don't think it's in the stratosphere of what you could be looking at. Right. I mean, it's not like, oh my gosh, we're getting reamed worse than anybody else. It's like, this is what they take you for. No, right. This is more than my mortgage check. No, that I, I get that. Yeah. Health insurance is expensive. And then God forbid you actually need medical care. Right. I mean, when we don't make claims, we don't make claims. But when we do, it's expensive. You know, as a cancer survivor, I have learned that one the hard way. Yeah. I mean, those are hundred that. Yeah. So the average family policy in the United States, an employer sponsored is 1700 a month. And the average like deductible keeps going way up. So, and you're always kind of trading yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, I, so yeah, <laughs> you're signing yeah. No, I hate that trade off. I do. I, it just, because then it's a tax on sick people, right? So everybody has to pay the premium and then, oh, if you get sick, yeah. then you're going to really pay. I, that, that's my cancer survivor outlook, but I don't like that. <laughs> well, it's what you're buying insurance for, right? Well, you're not buying it in case you stay healthy, right? Right. Yeah. You're buying insurance for in case something really bad happens to you, you want to be protected Mm -hmm. from getting wiped out financially. And you want to be able to get care, right? There are a lot of folks won't talk to you if you don't have a card in your pocket. So holy crap. Yeah. So there's that. And why do deductibles keep going up? Super shorthand, the total amount we spend on healthcare as a country keeps going up. Health insurance companies are either going to raise premiums to cover those increases or they're going to cover less by raising deductibles or paying a lower share of what they do cover or whatever because they're not in business to lose money. It's like you could do a whole podcast series about this stuff. Anyway, I tell Karen about how I'm seeing our family's choices. Like, yeah, we could pay lower premiums, but this is a year when you really have to look at the worst case scenario. All those intoxicated bus drivers. No, it's 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 not a good year to skimp on insurance. I think that's absolutely fair to say. So, I mean, it's nice that you have these choices, right? And I'm like, right. And we look together at the plans from the healthcare.gov site. Only one of them covers the main docs we usually see. It comes in bronze, silver, and gold versions. And they were expensive. I mean, holy crap. The bronze one was a lot of money, like more than 15,000 bucks a year. And it had a family deductible of 17 grand. Like before it paid for almost anything, you would have to shell out up to $17,000. And even the gold one, which was not that much cheaper than the super expensive plan I want to buy, had that out-of-pocket maximum of $17,000, which is the same as the cheaper plan my wife wants. And this plan from healthcare.gov had all these holes in it. Like if you needed some super expensive specialty drug, like cancer drugs these days, you were supposed to pay 40%, which could be thousands of dollars. And that's if it was on the approved list. Otherwise, you're on your own. 
I told Karen, it made me kind of emotional. To see how big a hole you could fall into while paying, you know, $1,800 plus a month for insurance. I mean, this is if you can afford this plan. If you believe you can stretch to afford this plan, you're still not safe. No, it's it's true, Dan. And medical debt among people with health insurance has been with us for a long time. Remember when Elizabeth Warren was still a professor at Harvard and she did her first study saying medical bills are the chief cause of personal bankruptcy and most of the people who declare bankruptcy had insurance. This is the whole thing I'm fighting with my wife about. I want our insurance to be solid enough that we don't become one of those folks. And as Karen says, this people with insurance going bankrupt phenomenon is still very much a thing. Our survey with LA Times last year of people with employer-sponsored coverage found that half, half of all people with employer-sponsored coverage skipped or put off care because they couldn't afford it. They were afraid of the out-of-pocket medical bills. Yeah. And that's the good stuff, right? The employer-sponsored coverage, it's not that good anymore. Karen says the trade-offs we talked about earlier, the kind of heads-I-win, tails-you-lose stuff where insurance companies cover less. Another part of that is limiting which providers are actually covered under a given plan at all. So, ooh, if you accidentally step over here, we don't have to pay that claim at all. And that makes the premium lower, but it just means your exposure to out-of-pocket medical bills gets higher. The terror of medical bills and maybe losing your house or your retirement funds or your kid's college fund, you just, you don't need that on top of the terror of being really sick. And that terror, Karen knows all about it. She's had cancer four times. Yeah, with cancer, you go where this, you know, you have to get this MRI, you have to get this radiation therapy, you have to get, you just go where they send you. I mean, you have to. But I I remember after my first surgery, um, I came home, my daughter was in diapers um, and everything had been kind of pre-authorized and everything else. I get home and this bill comes from the hospital and it says it had been declined by insurance. And I sat down on the floor and I started to sob. I thought, I'm going to die and my baby's not going to have a house to live in when I'm gone. And and it turned out it was just a, you know, screw up and somebody had coded something wrong. But And I eventually pulled myself together and fixed it. But right at that moment, I couldn't be an advocate for anybody. I was, <laughs> I was sick. I had stitches and tubes in me. I was a mess. And at any rate, it's just all by way of saying I think people really do want insurance to stand in for them and say, I'm going to focus on getting better and you're going to take care of the bills. And that's it. Don't make me shop (laughs) for chemo. My hair is falling out and I can't do it. I just can't do it. Yeah, man. So at my house, we are shopping for insurance. We're still kind of fighting it out. And I am all kinds of grateful that we even have the options we do. I feel kind of shy about even talking about them, that We can scrape together the money for the premium, that we have the option at all. If we were buying insurance through the ACA exchange, it'd be worse. If we were working for someone else, we'd have to take whatever they were offering. Karen Pollitz says half of everybody who gets insurance through their job skipped some treatment last year. Holy crap, I did not know that. And that was last year when more people had jobs. So, look, here's where I get to the good news, the part that's useful beyond the it's not just you part. First, 
If you're hearing this before December 15th and you don't have health insurance lined up for next year, you can probably get some. And subsidies can make it a lot more affordable. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, a quarter of people who don't have insurance qualify for a no-premium plan. One company that acts as an online broker for Obamacare plans says that after subsidies, most people paid less than $50 a month last year. And in most states, if you don't have a job or much income, Medicaid is an option. There is a ton not to love about these options. All the stuff Karen Pollitz and I talked about, but being uninsured is so, so much worse. And if you'd like a little more info about how health insurance works and why it actually sucks and why it is so hard to pick the best plan, or if you'd just like to hear me and Devor going at it, she is so great. I really recommend some episodes from our first season. We'll have links to all of that from wherever you're listening right now, including information about getting insurance. Thanks to everybody who's been signing up to support this show, by the way, at armandalegshow.com slash support. This month, thanks to Newsmatch, your donation counts for double. And if you sign up to make a new monthly donation of any amount, Newsmatch chips in for a full year's worth up front. It's great. That's at armandalegshow.com slash support, if you feel like it, and if you can. Either way, we'll be back next week. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg was produced by me, Dan Weissman, and edited by Marion Wang. Daisy Rosario is our consulting managing producer. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Our music is from Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co-production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service about healthcare in America. It's an editorially independent program of the Kaiser Family Foundation. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with Kaiser Permanente, the healthcare outfit. They share an ancestor, this guy Henry J. Kaiser. He had his hands in a lot of different stuff, like he poured concrete for the Hoover Dam in the 1930s, built ships in the 1940s, and made cars in the 1950s, including the Jeep and a car called the Henry J. Seriously. He died more than 50 years ago, and he left half his money to the foundation that later created Kaiser Health News. You can learn more about him and Kaiser Health News at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. Diane Weber is national editor for broadcast and Tanya English is senior editor for broadcast innovation at Kaiser Health News. They are editorial liaisons to this show. Thanks to Public Narrative, a Chicago-based group that helps journalists and nonprofits tell better stories for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. Finally, thank you to folks who have pitched in since just last week at armandalegshow.com slash support. Thanks this time to Dr. Paul Blanchard, Abigail K.B., Melissa Marata, Angela Forfield, Jim Jusko, Gary Pritchard, Burgess Zanay, James Van Dum Ellen, Kathy Hearn, Lynn Bell, Katerina Hathaway, Robert Ringler, M.D., Debbie Burton, Colette King, Brooks Yang, Joe de Blasio, Lorette Birch, Allison Marr, and Chris. Thank you.